Let the one who has understanding calculate the number of the beast, for it is the number of a man, and his number is 666. This verse from the revelation of Jesus Christ describes what is known as the mark of the beast, and it is no longer science fiction. Barcodes are commonly used in retail operations to make purchases. Through advanced technology, it is now possible to place a small chip the size of a grain beneath human skin and store all kinds of information. During a time in future Bible prophecy known as the Tribulation, the Antichrist and the False Prophet will use codes containing the number 666 to track humans and to control the world economy. I'm Ron Jones. Something good starts right now. You can't always tell if a person is a genuine believer in Christ, but the day is coming when the truth will be impossible to hide. Hello, and welcome to this Monday edition of Something Good with Dr. Ron Jones. I'm Brian Davis, so glad you tuned in. Today, Ron will take us to a time on earth when people will be forced to declare their allegiance, either to the God of the Bible or to the God of a future one world religion. The series is called Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth, and The Return of Jesus Christ, and it continues next. Online you'll find us at somethinggoodradio.org where you can listen to the program on your schedule or make a safe and secure donation to the ministry. That's somethinggoodradio.org. From Atlantic Shores Baptist Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia, where he serves as lead pastor. Here's Ron with part two of his message, One World Religion and the 666 Economy. A generation ago, it was hard to imagine what John saw here and what he was describing. But with the advancements of technology today, oh, it's kind of easy to see how the Antichrist would step onto the scene and, and seize control, not only of the world's belief system, but also of the economy. Now, there's a lot of discussion today about this kind of technology and good discussions about civil liberties and uh, losses to our, our Constitution and so on and so forth. But I, I can imagine a time when I read through the book of Revelation and, and the description of uh, the tribulation and the calamity and the destruction uh, that comes to planet Earth. I, I can imagine a time when even people in democratic societies like ours will be so full of fear they will gladly give up liberty for security gladly give up their liberty for somebody who comes on the scene and promises peace and safety. You just got to put this little thing beneath your forehead or just beneath your skin here. And, and, and if we all just kind of come together, everything will be just fine. You see, a lot of these things that a, a generation ago were really, really difficult to grasp and understand. We're living at a time where the technology is here. We're living at a time where, where the thought processes and the movements toward this are here. Fast forward even a little bit more. The world will reach a tipping point where, yeah, all these discussions about civil liberties and constitutions, the world will be in such chaos, people will gladly give over their liberty for a little bit of safety and security, especially when you, you can't get a loaf of bread without the mark of the beast. 
John says that you can't buy or sell anything. The Antichrist and the false prophet take complete control of what you believe and what you worship, and they even control the economy. Your ability to go down to the grocery store and buy bread for your family, that's world domination. That's world control. Now, what about this number 666? Have you ever gotten a telephone number and it had the number 666 in it? I've known of people who got an address and, you know, their address was 666 Main Street, and they went to the city and they changed it because there's so much mystery and so much fear around this number. Let me just cut through all of that and kind of explain what John is talking about here. In the Hebrew language, every letter is also given a number. So names in the Hebrew language also have numbers. And what John is saying here is when the Antichrist appears on planet Earth, his name in Hebrew will number 666. Now, again, if you Google this, you're going to find all kinds of crazy stuff and, you know, uh, theological poppycock and nonsense out there regarding this number. John tells us the deeper meaning. He says this is the number for man. Remember, man was created in six days, and God rested on the seventh. Uh, interestingly enough, when that group of people with one language came to the plains of Shinar and erected the Tower of Babel, did you know that the Bible says the tower was 60 cubits high and six cubits wide? Just another reference to man's number. Uh, the number seven in the Bible is the number of perfection. It's heaven's number. Thank heaven for 7-11, right? Is that, is that the phrase? Okay, everybody knows the, the number seven is the number of perfection. Uh, what's, what's, the, what's the meaning of all this? Very simply, when man tries to rule himself apart from God, we always, always fall short of God's perfection. Always. And at best, what the devil can do is enslave us and turn us into sixes. But Jesus Christ comes and he sets us free. He sets the captives free and he turns us into sevens. All right, how simple is that? A simple math lesson this morning. But it makes sense because the Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And this worldwide system of one belief and one economy that the devil masterfully puts together will fall short of the glory of God. And the Antichrist number and name 666 is, is a loud, loud reminder of that. Number eight, and here's something interesting, um, the false prophet is destroyed, ultimately destroyed by the Antichrist. Let's go back to Revelation chapter 17 for a moment. Verses 15 through 18 says, And the ten horns that you saw, they and the beast, will hate the prostitute. What's he talking about here? At the beginning of Revelation chapter 17, John describes this, this false religion in a different way. He describes it as a as a great prostitute sitting on top of the beast. It's another picture of the commingling of politics and religion at the end of the age. And why a prostitute? Because all throughout the Scripture, uh, when man's heart drifts toward idolatry 
and drifts toward false religion, God looks at it as spiritual prostitution. And when the apostate church reaches its uh, ultimate expression during the tribulation period, again, Revelation chapter 17, John begins by describing this, uh, this prostitute, this great prostitute who sits on a beast. And he says in verse 5, on her forehead was written a name of mystery, Babylon the great, mother of prostitutes of earth's abominations, and I saw the woman drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood of the martyrs of Jesus. There we've come back to the Babylonian culture again, the seedbed of all devil worship and, and spiritual prostitution and everything that just offends the holiness of God and the one true worship that he wants to inspire in us uh, toward the one true God. So uh, Babylonian idolatry emerges again at the end of the age here. Well, remember, the, the Antichrist uh, uses religion for his own selfish purposes. And, and when he has achieved his purpose of world domination and the worship of the world, then he takes the false prophet and casts the false prophet aside like a rag doll. And this is what John describes in Revelation chapter 15, or Revelation 17, verses 15 through 18. The ten horns that you saw, they and the beast will hate the prostitute. For a while they had this relationship. The enemy of my enemy is my friend, but now my friend is my enemy. They've hated the prostitute, this, this one world religion, the whole time. They will make her desolate and naked and devour her flesh and burn her up with fire. For God has put it into their hearts to carry out His purpose by being of one mind and handing over their royal power to the beast until the words of God are fulfilled. It's a description of the complete and total destruction now of religious Babylon and this one world belief system because now the devil has what he has always wanted, the control of the world and the worship of human beings on that world. It's a lot to digest this morning, isn't it? And I want to leave you with three uh, just sort of applications. Maybe you've walked through your neighborhood before and you've seen a sign over here that says, beware of the dog. <laughs> or maybe you've been driving down the road and you see a sign that says, caution ahead. Well, that, that's kind of how we read through the book of Revelation. I, I want to give you three, beware of the beast this morning just by way of application. Number one, beware of false prophets in the world today. Oh, there is a false prophet that is ultimately coming in Bible prophecy. It will emerge during the tribulation, yes, when the church is raptured out of this world. But until then, Jesus told us there will be many false prophets who come and go. Matthew 24 and 11, and many false prophets will arise and lead many astray. Oh, I know it's not politically correct to say there are false prophets and false religions in the world today, but Jesus said otherwise. He said in every generation during the last days from the time of his first coming up until the time of his second coming, there will be false prophets. And it takes discernment, does it not, as believers in Jesus Christ to discern that which is true? and that which is false. Woe to those who say good is evil and evil is good. We're living in times like that where we don't know the difference between right and wrong in our society. What has happened to our world? All the more reason for the church of Jesus Christ 
to bathe ourselves in the Word of God, to be able to discern what is right and what is wrong, to discern the drift away from orthodoxy and the professing of Jesus Christ as the one and only, to have great discernment about that and to steer very clear of any hint of false religion and and a false prophet. Still ahead, the rest of Dr. Ron Jones' message, One World Religion and the 666 Economy, right here on Something Good Radio. To hear any of Ron's messages on demand, visit somethinggoodradio.org. That's somethinggoodradio.org. And when you stop by, please check out the new Something Good digital library, where you can search to find answers to your biblical questions from nearly 30 years of Ron's Bible teaching ministry. You can stream for free and on demand at somethinggoodradio.org. Something Good exists only through the faithful prayer and financial support of friends like you. When you give your gift today to Something Good Radio, we'll give you the complete audio download to the series you're hearing now called Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth and the Return of Jesus Christ. That's all 20 messages in Ron's teaching series, Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth and the Return of Jesus Christ. It's our way of saying thanks for your gift to Something Good Radio. You can donate online right at somethinggoodradio.org. Again, that's somethinggoodradio.org. Or you can mail your gift to P.O. Box 6245, Virginia Beach, Virginia 23456. You can also call our offices at 757-276-1099. And now let's get back to Ron for the rest of today's Something Good Radio message, One World Religion and the 666 Economy. Turn with me to 1 John chapter 4 real quickly, one of the little postcards that the Apostle John wrote. He says in 1 John chapter 4 and verse 1, Beloved, do not believe every spirit, but test the spirits to see whether they are from God. Not everybody who clothes himself in a clerical robe is from God. There will be a beast that rises up that looks like a lamb, but speaks like a dragon. So you have to test the spirits. You have to have discernment. He says, for many false prophets have gone out into the world. By this you know the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesses that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is from God. And every spirit that does not confess Jesus is not from God. How do you know a false prophet from a real prophet? Ask him what he thinks of Jesus. And if it's anything less than the Son of God, who came as the Lamb of God to take away the sins of the world, who died on the cross and rose from the dead, if it's anything other than He is the one and only, the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but by Him, if it's some kind of dumbed-down form of of love one another and and all that kind of uh, garbage that uh, uh, divorces itself from biblical orthodoxy around the person, the nature, the works, and the words of Jesus Christ, then it's false. I didn't say it. The Bible says it. And furthermore, it goes on to say, and uh, this is the spirit of Antichrist which you heard was coming and is now in the world already. John was saying this to his audience in the first century, 2,000 years ago. He says the spirit of Antichrist is already here. Now, there will come a time when the Antichrist, capital A, appears on the scene as a charismatic political leader promising peace and safety. And he'll be joined up with a religious leader, the false prophet, who looks like a lamb but speaks like a dragon. 
And together they will control the world thought system and belief system and ultimately the world economy. So beware of false prophets in the world today. By the way, some people point to ecumenical organizations like the World Council of Churches. You ever heard of that? Uh, Just an apostate group of religious nothings who deny biblical truth and biblical orthodoxy, who deny Jesus. Oh, they love Jesus as a nice prophet and as a good moral teacher. But it's not the Jesus who is revealed in the pages of Scripture, I can tell you that. It's not the Jesus of Christianity, true Christianity. It's not the Jesus of the faith that was once delivered to the saints. And some people point to organizations like that and wonder if they might provide that shell or that platform by which the false prophet seizes control and builds a one-world thought system and religion. Beware of false prophets in the world today. Secondly, beware the false unification of all things. Now, don't misunderstand me here. Unity is a good thing. Uh, Coming together is a good thing. Jesus prayed, Father, make them one as we are one. We, We need to be unified in the body of Christ. And unity doesn't mean uniformity. It doesn't mean unanimity. It just means that we are, we are together around some core uh, biblical truths. Uh, we're, we're, we're united around the gospel. But not all lofty language about unity is a good thing. Some, some people talk about, oh, let's all come together because their evil intent is to control. And I just want to suggest to you, we need to beware of the false unification of all things. The Antichrist and the false prophet will be masterful in their communication about world unity and the world coming together as one. Uh, They will seize the moment that is full of catastrophe and tribulation and much chaos, and they'll step onto that that platform, as it were, and, and speak peace and safety and unity, but it's a false unification for the purpose of killing, stealing, and destroying, because that's what the devil does. So beware false prophets in the world today. Beware the false unification of all things. Thirdly, beware the false intentions of evil people. Remember, this, this false prophet, he looked like a lamb, but he spoke like a dragon. And it takes discernment, does it not, to discern false intentions? false attempts at unification, even false prophets who look like they know what they're talking about. It takes discernment, does it not? And it's a time for us as believers in Jesus Christ, oh, not not to become full of fear because of what is coming down the road. If you're a believer in Jesus Christ, the church will be raptured out of this place. We'll be gone. But, but all of the thought processes and the movements are among us today. The spirit of Antichrist is here. It, it is a call uh, for believers in Jesus Christ to anchor their hope in the soon return of Jesus Christ, the blessed hope of the church, but it's also a time for us to walk with discernment. Because John tells us, does he not, that this false prophet along with the Antichrist will deceive many. It's hard to imagine how how, how so many people will be swayed 
Elsewhere in the New Testament, the Bible says God will send a strong delusion over people. Again, I just, I just see this, this tipping point where the world will just very easily and almost seamlessly and naturally trade liberty for security and just come under the rule and reign of the Antichrist and the false prophet. It may, may seem wildly uh, unable to happen today, but when I turn on the news and I see the catastrophe and the cataclysms happening all across our globe today, it makes me realize that these ancient prophecies, uh, these revelations that were given to us uh, 2,000 years ago are spot on because they were given to John by God Himself. So I want us to be encouraged today. I, wa I want us to be discerning. I want us to, to understand the times we are living in, be like men and women of Issachar in that way, and walk out here filled with hope in our hearts because uh, we, are, we are united and, and connected to in relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But walk out of here with a, a strong heart that is able to discern biblical truth uh, from the lies of the devil and his emissaries. Thanks for being here for today's Something Good radio message, One World Religion and the 666 Economy. Ron, a couple of moments ago, you began discussing the discernment necessary to recognize false prophets, or really any self-proclaimed teacher who comes along preaching a different gospel than the one we find prophesied in the Old Testament and fulfilled in the New. Now, as we wrap up today's broadcast, let's talk a little bit more about some practical ways believers in Christ can recognize these purveyors of falsehood, because quite frankly, they're all around us. They absolutely are, Brian, and with social media today, it's even more widespread than ever before. Now, the first thing I'll say, and I think I talked about it earlier today, is if there's any doubt about what someone is saying to you, if you're not quite sure it's God's truth or if it's false teaching or not, ask that person what he or she believes about Jesus Christ and ask detailed questions. Their answer should remove any doubt from your mind. But there's something else we can do even prior to that. You know, here's something I've always found fascinating, and I think it helps nail down, at least it does for me, a method for recognizing false teaching of any kind as it concerns the gospel of Jesus Christ, or for that matter, anything found in God's Word. Uh, think about this. When a government agency trains employees to spot counterfeit money, they never show them counterfeit currency, not once. Uh, they don't even bother with it. Instead, they study the real thing. I mean, they study it for hours and days and weeks and months and years, and they continually study it for as long as they're charged with the responsibility of recognizing counterfeit bills. They become so familiar with what real money is, with what is true, that they can spot a phony almost immediately. Now, that's why I say saturate yourself in God's Word. Read it, study it, meditate on it day and night. There's no need to run yourself ragged studying this false teaching or that false teaching or devoting large amounts of time to what this group believes or to what that group teaches. Make the consistent, continual study of God's Word a lifestyle, and you will know the truth so well that when anything contrary comes along, you'll know it almost without having to think about it. Having so armed yourself with the truth and only the truth, you'll be better equipped to pick up on anything that deviates from that truth. 
That's Dr. Ron Jones with some words of wisdom about recognizing false teachers or false prophets. Ron, before we go, how about telling us what's in store for us tomorrow as you continue this teaching series, Mysteries of the Apocalypse, The Last Days of Planet Earth, and The Return of Jesus Christ. Well, Brian, as you know, one-fourth of the Bible when it was written was prophetic in nature. It predicted the future. Now, some of those prophecies, at least half of them, have been fulfilled. But at the time the Bible was written, uh, 25% of it was prophetic. So as we read the Word of God, God gives us a piece of prophecy here and another piece there. And every once in a while, it's important for us to take a few steps back, take a deep breath, and just say, what's the big picture in all of this? Uh, That's what I'll be doing during the first couple of days, uh, helping us all see the big picture of what's happening right here in one of the most fascinating books in the Bible, The Revelation of Jesus Christ. That's next time when Dr. Ron Jones shares his message, Bible Prophecy and the Big Picture. Join us then for Something Good. For Ron and the entire team here at Something Good Radio, I'm Brian Davis saying God bless and thanks for listening.